0: The fact that, you know, 20 years from now, 15 years from now, young persons who are growing in Dominica and who would like to stay in Dominica just might not have the ability to purchase a piece of real estate in Dominica. And, Anthony, particularly at this time when the Roosevelt Security Administration has actually included real estate as part of the the incentive to do real estate, I mean, to buy, buy a passport.
1: Buy a passport.
0: So in, in terms of the um, citizen by investment program, to encourage them to buy a passport, they have actually um, made it very easy. I was reading some of the literature for one of the agents, and I noticed that they're advertising now in Malaysia that um, if you spend $250,000 on a piece of real estate in Dominica, that qualifies you. To be a citizen of Dominica, wow. it's amazing. Because wow. an average house in Dominica, I mean an average house in a good neighborhood would cost you at least 500,000. minimum. I mean right. that's low. Mm-hmm. 500,000. So for the government of Dominica to be out there selling citizenship to someone who invests 250,000 dollars, that in itself is um, inexplicable. But again, um, with everything else that's going on, as it uh, as, as it entails the governments of Dominica. If you, can, if you Oregon, can still, call,
1: if you can still call them that. You know.
0: Well, uh, that's why I hesitate to say <laughs> the government, because these days I mean, really, the the, the main authority in government, the prime minister, um, for whatever reason, he's acting really out of. Context, so to speak, as one who is Prime Minister of All
1: right. So, so, my, so, Angelo, I'm getting. So, folks, if you're listening, if you're interested in owning property in Dominica and it seems like there should be some urgency, Angelo is your man. You know, you're familiar with him, you know, he's straightforward and honest. I didn't even know he was in real estate. You know, you never know. That's what I love about this program. You know, I ask the questions, I have a conversation, and I never know where the conversation is going to lead. And, and what we're going to find out. And there I find out that, you know, we have this thing in common where, where we both do real estate, but um, with that, we, we also recognize the risk um, that Dominica faces. Um, it, it's not that Dominica is not open and welcoming to folks who were not, not born in Dominica. It's just that in trying to be global, in trying to be global, we really need to make sure that we, we are preserving Some of that legacy For the descendants of the folks Who, who have been taking care of the island all of, the, all of that time So it's awesome to know that you're in real estate Folks, if you, you know, contact Angelo And, and I, I don't know, he said it quietly But he also said that he's in the process Of setting up his radio station I know that uh-huh. there's a lot of you guys Who are looking forward to that But, but Angelo, let's jump right in You know yes. um, What usually brings you here is the madness that we have going on in Dominica that passes for, for administration and for government? And um, I live in a country where, um, you know, our, our leader goes all over the world and makes us, tries to make us a fool as he is, and 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 I cringe. And then I go to Dominica and I hear the leader in Dominica, you know, trying his best to catch up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. just, you know, just this week we had, we you know we you know we hear all the statements that he's making, and you're wondering, you know, what's happening? Is he did he give a script and he didn't read the script before? Is that what he's really thinking? My brother, you always have your hand on the pulse, so jump in whichever way you, you think you want to jump in, and let's let's see if we can, um, you know, flesh it out and and bring it to a stage where our listeners can can really understand what's happening because it's head spinning what's going on.
0: It's extremely difficult to really comprehend what's going on in Dominica as it pertains to the governance of the state. Uh, We have a clear example to all Dominicans that it is a very bad thing to allow a leader to be the head of country, prime minister, for example, to be the head of country for so long that he is actually now, he is actually, well, he's operating as though the country, I was going to say he is actually operating as, he, as though he owns the country. And it's a, it's a difficult thing when you have a leader who talks about the country and its people as his business just about. And I've said so on numerous occasions. It would appear that um, the prime minister of Dominica runs Dominica as his business. His business is Dominica. And so uh, it seemed rather outrageous very recently when the prime minister was pounding his chest, basically saying that he ran things in Dominica. Forget about the unions. Forget about um, civil society. Forget about the institutions of state. He, as an individual, runs things. And you can, you, you can also uh, juxtapose this with what he says continuously about his personal friends. It's not that the, the diplomatic relations we have out there with foreign governments and countries, the prime minister of Dominica is on the public record as saying that these things don't mean much to Dominicans. It is whatever benefit that we get as a country from a foreign country, it is because of Roosevelt's carrot and his personal relationship with that country, whichever it is, or the leader of that country. So I believe that uh, he has personalized the governance of Dominica. Uh, as his thing, he has personalised the, the equity of Dominica, uh, the country of Dominica, as just the equity of Bruce carrot And the people of Dominica, as his plantation workers, he treats the people of Dominica with little or no respect. <laughs> no
1: respect. In,
0: yeah, no respect. I mean, as far as he's concerned, the people of Dominica are not the ones who... Put him in power and they can't take him out of power when this guy says i run things in dominica forget about the leader of the public service union you know that we have reached a very dangerous trend but i'm not surprised because for many years now i mean i've been on, in the talk show circuit for uh, at least 20 years and i know for the last 10 years for sure i have been warning the people of dominica at the time I was referring to this guy as a wannabe dictator. I was saying this, this young man, as much as I'm cautioning and counseling him and informing the Dominican people uh, as to what he's involved with, particularly outside of Dominica, you know, it took them a while to absorb and to digest what I was really speaking about. And um, the information I've been collecting very acutely about the Prime Minister and his movements outside of Dominica, that pretty much coincides with his attitude right now where he disrespects the people of Dominica as a real dictator. There is no real cabinet or parliamentary cohesion. It's well accepted in Dominica that it's one man who runs the operation. Definitely.
1: You know, the ministers in Dominica are just placeholders. And, well, well,
0: yeah, and, yeah, they, dance to, they dance
1: to his music they, they're just placeholders and so many times you hear ministers speak and they say I have got the, the prime minister has approved for us to do X, Y, and W the prime minister even after Maria the prime minister have approved that we buy all the, all the swine all the pigs that are raised the prime minister has approved so I'm saying if you are the minister of, of, of a ministry you do a, every year there's a budget There's an allocation of funds to a particular ministry You would assume that within that bond, you know, There is a certain amount of leeway that a minister would have To implement his, his plan and, 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 and whatever it is for his ministry He's the CEO, he's, he's, the, he's the president of that ministry but no every time he comes around he says well the prime minister has given his approval he has given his blessing he has said it's okay Or i I have i have put the proposal in front of the prime minister so it's one man running the show the rest of those guys are just placeholders drawing a salary and traveling on the people's money and 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 they basically placeholders and when and, and and when you now turn around and you see that the Prime Minister says that he recognizes that they need change, and he is changing the people that are, that are forming this team. If that is how we run the country, and there is one man that makes all the decisions, you can go and get Einstein and Michelangelo and every genius that ex- Socrates, every genius that existed in the world and put them as ministers in Dominica, you will not see a difference in the results because all decisions run through one man. So it's obvious what we have to change. You know, you could almost just change him alone and the rest of the ministers might get better results. You know, it's the, amazing. You, ch-
0: you, you change him, the other ministers will stay home.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, but to, <laughs> to, actually, to authenticate what you were saying there, Anthony, uh, 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 an example, I remember... Some time ago, years ago, when the tram, the aerial tram up in Trafalgar area, mm-hmm. which was a, a very important infra- piece of infra- infrastructure for the tourism sector of Dominica, and in the community or in the communities of, of Loda, Trafalgar, and other, other areas of the Rose Valley. I mean, many people were employed. They employed almost 100 people, and obviously the beneficiaries were probably in the hundreds. Right. And uh, one day, you're hearing an announcement that this operation is closed. Colin McIntyre, uh, the vet, of course, from, who is the parliamentary representative now representing uh, the Labour Party in the Roseau Valley, it was fascinating that we called him from our newsroom at QFM, And he actually said on the public record, he said, well, you know, everything will be fine. He said, I am just asking the people of the Roseau Valley to take it easy. Just take it easy. The prime minister is out of country. And when he returns, everything is going to be
1: fine. (laughs) My
0: my brother, the people took it easy. And this thing has been closed for over 10 years now. The prime minister returned. Nothing happened. The aerial tram is shut down. And um, also, the Prime Minister changed Colin McIntyre as well.
1: To another McIntyre,
0: yeah? Yeah. The the interesting thing is, he got his brother. Yes. He he said, maybe your brother will do better than you. So he changed him for his brother. uh, Colin McIntyre is a doctor. And this new guy, I think Irvin is his name. He's also a doctor as well. So you're changing from Dr. McIntyre to dr mcintyre i don't know what type of physical but, realistic but, but, case, but you know
1: me. you know what that is though that is similar to what happens in areas in portsmouth where the labor party thinks that they own the vote because of who they go so for example in portsmouth they have the impression that once they run a douglas they're going to win you know <laughs> uh, and because yeah. because the mcintyres you know were an employer and a major benefactor in the Rose Valley in terms, of, in terms of the name, you know, the calculus is that if I run a McIntyre, I have a good chance of winning. So let's just switch one McIntyre for the other. You know. So, so in a sense, the, the, the Dominican voters have themselves to blame for, well, for well, what's Anthony, the
0: final Anthony, be careful. I wouldn't go that far. Because, because the people of Rosal Valley tolerated this doctor for a while, but since Ronald Charles, very brilliant young attorney, very people-oriented, very active, activist type of, represent, uh, of representation given to the people of the Roosevelt Valley, Nova this guy, since Ronald Charles came on the scene, I believe that he assisted in enlightening the people of, the, of that constituency. And then they actually responded appropriately over, over the years, the education from Ronald Charles, and I would say like the QFM, and a, we have educated the Rosa Valley to the point where currently, and even for the past two, three, four years, they have been basically complaining about this Dr. McIntyre, who is supposed to be the elected parliamentarian or elected parliamentary representative there, but who hardly shows his face in the place, and hardly does anything representational of the people of that constituency. So, so, so you know, they, yeah. they, they have they, the people have moved nicely in the right direction. I'm happy. And, to, and, I'm happy
1: to hear that. Yeah. Maybe we need to cross-pollinate the Roosevelt Valley yes. with Portsmouth. yes, and Grand Bay, Def-
0: definitely. <laughs> you know, or or an alternative study would be that um, the people of Dominica conclusively. And decisively put the United Workers' Party in the government. Because uh, what we found rather fascinating as Dominicans when we look back uh, at the history or recent political history, uh, 1995 to 2000, when the United Workers' Party was in the government under the leadership of Mr. Edison James, a very brilliant and patriotic, astute Dominican leader, that Mr. James performed what many people considered at the time a miracle, a political miracle, where when he became leader of the government of Dominica, the government instantaneously, it was an urgency, an emergency to go to the town of Portsmouth and enhance the main road from Ross leading into the town of Portsmouth, and which I thought was brilliant, <laughs> because At that time, maybe the United Workers' Party could not pick up more than two or three votes in Portsmouth. Portsmouth, It's very different now. Mm -hmm. They might pick up most of the votes in Portsmouth now, but at the time, maybe just two or three. And Mr. James and his United Workers' Party, they were so professional, patriotic, and and, um, genuine in their performance that they went to Portsmouth immediately and uh, did this major development in the town of Portsmouth And named this major street After an icon of Portsmouth Mike Douglas So the United Workers Party Put this major boulevard To the town of Portsmouth And named it the Mike Douglas, Douglas. Boulevard
1: Showing that they are they were, they were the government of Dominica Not the government of United Workers Party And you know <laughs> You're saying that And also under the Freedom Party administration The yes. Carbridge cruise ship booth was built you know, right. major tourism... It still uh, it's still, I, is, it's
0: still I, is idle in Portsmouth under the leadership of Labour, right. government, and under the leadership of Roosevelt Skerritt He has had this cruise ship birth in Portsmouth dormant for the past 15 years, doing nothing. And you know, Anthony, it's important that you mention that particular project, because at the time when Dame Eugenia Charles, may her soul rest in peace, at the time she actually had this deep water harbor built there she said she was building it for the town of portsmouth for dominica of course but she wanted the people of portsmouth to get a piece of the the, the tourism cake right. and of course you have this historic um ca- mm-hmm. there and demi genius took local money that was the important thing about this program it was not china it was not venezuela it was not libya It was the people of Dominica, our tax dollars, that Dame Eugenia actually took from the Treasury and erected this fantastic project in Portsmouth. But she really didn't realize at the time and what she really did not realize was like it was the casting pearls at swine's. All they did but, with it was stuck it in the mud with their nose.
1: Yeah, because isn't it? I mean, the people of Portsmouth need to wake up. Yes. Yeah. You know, the Freedom yeah. Party gave me the cruise ship birth. <laughs> you, know, you know, Edison James enhanced the, you know, your highway. the <laughs> Lucas Party highway and, and name it after. <laughs> what exactly can you point to that you've gotten from the Roosevelt Scarrett administration in the last almost 20 years that, he, that they've been in power? You know, I, I always say if a government Owns your vote, they take you for granted. Every election, you should make that government earn your vote. They should earn your vote, not, not feel like they own your vote. You know. But if, if listeners, if you're listening, if you're joining late, you're listening to this week an interview on tdnradio.net. Uh, my guest tonight is, you know, incomparable The one and only, Angelo Allen I, I, I get so much reaction and so much feedback When I have you on is I could almost have you on every, every week uh, But, you know, we, we just came out of a whole month Of, of doing literary stuff I, I featured writers for the entire month of May And so I wanted to come back with a bang And of course, we, we do have it because Angelo, the rebel... You know <laughs> Jimmy Cliff and the rebel. That's our <laughs> theme. that's our theme tonight.: And the rebel in you will touch a rebel in me And the we Yeah, that's uh, Jimmy Cliff in the rebel in you, you know? Because that's what you need to do in Dominica. We need a radical awakening, you know. Um, not, not the call like we see on, the, on some of the political platforms asking people to almost take up arms, you know, sharpen your spear and go to battle and so on. You know, because if you listen to this song, it brings the rebel out where we represent ourselves and, and say, this is what we deserve, this is what we demand, but at the same time understanding that we're all fellow Dominicans. And so we, we don't burn down the place because then we own the ashes but we need to take back control of, of, of our country. Um, to the people belong the power, you know, power to the people. And, and there is that awakening that's happening in Dominica right now. And, and I, I think the guys who have who, been suppressing and who have been rigging the polls to, to get the outcomes that they want to get, um, they, they, they are starting to tremble. So, my brother angelo um i have a very important question to ask you yes do you have health insurance
0: well i'm not (laughs) the prime minister of dominica and if my kids got sick i won't be able to fly them out of dominica as easily as the prime minister says he can with him you know himself and his family fortunately for me uh, anthony you know i'm a u.s citizen with veterans' preference, so therefore I always say to them, as soon as Angelo Allen gets sick, get me to the first and the nearest VA hospital. I think that's in Puerto Rico. So uh, I'm I'm good. But of course, when you hear the prime minister of Dominica boasting in the public sphere how secure he is that if himself and his wife, his children get sick, that he can fly them out. Uh, We ought to ask ourselves in Dominica how many of us as ordinary people can actually be flown out of Dominica when one gets sick. I mean, over the last 10 years, uh, my brother, Matt Peltier on Q95, this man has helped many, many Dominicans to go overseas to find proper medical care. So... um, because they do not have the facilities that the prime minister of Dominica has. And, you know, it is, it, it's an interesting thing, Anson. It is not just the prime minister of Dominica who is boastful or who, or who can be boastful about a, being able to be fact out of Dominica if he gets sick or his children get sick, according to him. It is party supporters who are close to him. So then there are several people in Dominica Without going into the names now, the local people here know them. If when they got sick, within a few hours, the prime minister was able to get a helicopter to fly them out to Martinique or Guadeloupe or wherever they had to go to. But you, you must be a red cap bearing person for you to be given this type of treatment. In dominica unfortunately, if you were not dressed in red, the Speaker of the House. I said it quite eloquently, in Dominica, you better be red than dead. So if you're red, you might survive. If you're not red, then you might probably
1: be dead. If you're red, you get to bite the bread,
0: huh? Well, yes. And you're hearing so many people who have been to the hospital and um, others under different circumstances who just didn't survive. Obviously, they were not red. So they died. But but it's a shrewd, very shrewd situation in Dominica now where, you know, Anthony, things are just... A Calypsonian Calypsonian said it, you know. Everything is upside down, inside, out. Your left foot
1: and your your right right shoe, shoe,
0: you you know. (laughs) And, um, you know, everything everything is just upside down. Very disoriented. And it is um, a very sad time for Dominica. But the desperation which we are experiencing at this time with the rigid oppression uh, from the prime minister who has militarized the country and militarized the police service in Dominica, really he has moved it from a police service to a police force. It's truly a police force, fully armed. I mean, I, I, I served in the U.S. military, and when I see the weaponry systems which the police of Dominica are using on the streets of Dominica. In the United States, you cannot, in any civilized society, you cannot cannot show yourself on the streets of your country armed with these machine guns, M16, M60, heavy machine gun. That's what they used in Vietnam. That's what you're using right now in Afghanistan, in Iraq. And every time there is a peaceful protest in Dominica, whether it is 30 citizens or 230, make sure that Mr. Skerritt will have—I I call them gunmen—because any disciplined organisation, any disciplined body of, of, of men serving or service, yeah, serving their country would understand that there are certain things you just cannot do as it pertains to the military side of life. But in Dominica, um, unfortunately, the prime minister is experiencing such a degree of insecurity that he has overwhelmed the people of Dominica with men in battlefield uniforms in combat fatigues, dressed in combat fatigues, with battlefield weaponry systems intimidating the people of Dominica. If you, if, I mean, just recently, Anthony, you must have heard approximately approximately two weeks ago, there was supposed to have been uh, the electoral commission of Dominica actually called for a gathering of some sort at the parish hall in the city of Roseau. And surprisingly, when the people of Dominica, who were invited by the chairman of the Electoral Commission, when they showed up at the gate of the parish hall, they were brutally surprised to see the amount of men dressed in combat fatigue and the amount of machine guns. I mean, they could have picked up the squad and they could have sent them to Afghanistan and they would have had sufficient weaponry systems to keep them alive for a long time on the battle front. front. Yeah, yeah, my brother, in Alaska, as a trained soldier, I can say that. So in Dominica, when 150 people show up on a protest line, um, basically with placards, some of them not even carrying placards, empty hands, and they are saying, Skerritt must go, and you are confronted with 100, 150 75, whatever the number is, of police soldiers dressed in combat fatigues with machine guns with live ammunition. My brother, the people of Dominica who are listening, I say to you all, as serious as this situation is, please help us in Dominica by paying your own way if you are eligible to vote in Dominica and come and vote this government.
1: Out. out of office. Certainly, out
0: of office. Out like. completely.
1: You know, you know, touched on a few things. We started, uh, uh, and I want to cycle back really quickly to, to the health yes. insurance thing and to make yes. the distinction that you, as an ordinary citizen, says You know, I'm a US military veteran. Yes. If something happens to me, get me. Lo- fly get me get out a- and I'll be taken care of. So, Angela, that's you saying that. But yes. when the Prime Minister of Dominica who did not come into power two years ago? Mm. He came into power almost twenty years ago.
0: Well, twenty years
1: ago stands on a political on, uh, in front of his, support, his supporters and says, yes. "I have health insurance. I have insurance for my kids. Mm. Do you have insurance?" <laughs> I mean, it was it was it's amazing. Post- uh, but 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 but, but the, pe- <laughs> the people that are receiving the people that are receiving that message. How does that make you feel, especially when you know that the prime minister had both of his kids with his wife born in the U.S.? He did, not, he did not take the chance of having his wife have birth at Princess Margaret Hospital. He exercised the right to fly his family's wife over to the U.S. to have her kids. So, so he's not just saying that in words. He's, he actually has been doing the deed. And then asking you, so do you have health insurance? So, so mm. I mean, what, what are the citizens of Dominica supposed to do with a question like that from the Prime Minister? You know, once upon a time I was watching the news and George W. Bush was, was speaking somewhere in the Middle East and a and guy took off his shoes.
0: I remember. And threw so, it at him.
1: <laughs> now, yes. wouldn't it have been symbolic? Why? What's wrong with the Labour Party supporters that the Labour Party symbol is the shoe? That there should be, have been a sea of red shoes being thrown at the stage when this man stood up and made that statement. It's incont- and, but, but more than that, it shows the utter contempt that the Prime Minister has for the people of Dominica, it, for his supporters. It shows that he thinks that they're not smart enough to, to analyze anything for themselves. He can say anything. He can come and speak to them in Japanese and they would cheer because they really don't understand what he's saying. And that is what is demonstrated by the things that he said because it's obvious that he puts no thought in those things. The disrespect is palpable.
0: The the, the disrespect is astounding. The thing is, though, and uh, I'm not a psychologist, but maybe there are qualified people in Dominica who can explain to us, Anthony, when the prime minister stands on the platform in front of these ordinary people without insurance, and he boasts and he beats his chest, And he says, Listen, I have insurance. I can be flown out of this country anytime. My wife, my children get sick. We can be flown out. Do you have insurance? I mean, you, did you hear the amount of people who clapped?
1: That's what I'm saying. It should have been a Hele, sea of shoes. Hele, hooray, hooray. Hele,
0: <laughs> hooray. The prime minister has insurance for him, his wife and his children. And if anything happens, he says he can be flown out instantaneously. I'm happy for him. But Anthony, remember, it's not just in Dominica. Anywhere you find a dictator in power for an exceedingly long time, the people around him, and usually it's a him, the people around him feel so insecure, they feel so compelled to eat from his shoe that no matter what he says, they will celebrate. I heard the prime minister saying at Makushui some years ago. He had a gathering of, of his party supporters. He said to them, I want you all to vote for me. And keep me in office until 2050. And I believe this is the first time I heard so many people clap for the prime minister. Because he was saying to them that he wants them to vote him till 2050.
1: 2015.
0: <laughs> the, man, the man said on the public record, he wants to be there until metric and his son, little boy, that little boy must have been a year. When he said that, he said he wants to be there until his son can come and take over from him. He's not joking. He's not playing. He just had his most people in the politics, particularly in third world countries, in the Caribbean and exclusively Dominica. People hide their families the away from politics in Dominica. This man brings his wife in because he figures he runs things He runs things, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he runs things so effectively in Dominica. He calls the shots so he can bring his wife. And in addition to that, to show, I mean, in the politics, but to show his arrogance, shrewdness, boldness, and disrespect for the people of Dominica and for the constitution and rule of law in Dominica, this man in Dominica, by the way, Anthony, you might know, that we have two ministerial buildings in Dominica, right? Right. Because we have the original one and there's the financial center. When this government came in in 2000, the building was at, uh, they were in foundation stage. Building, this was a loan of 12 million U.S. dollars that United Workers Party government took to erect this financial center because offshore banking became a new a new sector of the economy under the United Workers' Party government. So the government was erecting, was about erecting this building to attract offshore banks and to enhance the offshore business in Dominica. Well, Mr. the Labour Party came in in 2000. The building got finished. Mr. Skerritt found, I don't want to be in that, that building over there. A guy like me, I want this new building to be in my office. So he has converted the financial center to his office and some of his close friends operate in that building as well. I'll give you an example of one pretty soon. But, but the thing is, the point I was about making is, with these two humongous buildings in Dominica that taxpayers paid for, Mr. Skerritt Prime Minister of Dominica in his arrogance and the disrespect for law and order in Dominica this man is renting from himself. He's renting two buildings in Roseau on Cox Street. Well, some people say, "Oh, they don't be lo- the building don't belong to PM; it be- belongs to his, his wife."
1: wife. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, oh, know that, know? so now that she's running for office, is, is she pocket, now going yeah. to sell that, divest herself of that building?
0: No, no. But if the prime minister is not divesting. himself, why should she? Exactly. But the question asked, the people of Dominica must ask: Can you imagine, Anthony, that at the end of months? As Minister of Finance, you write a check from the state to your wife for, her, for renting a property, or really in real life, you write a check to yourself because you're renting from yourself. From
1: yourself, you know.
0: Because why do you think he's so interested in doing that? He does not want to run the citizenship by investment program from the government ministerial building, because obviously, he does not want too many public servants to know his business. So, to him, this, this CBI, the Citizenship by Investment Program, is his baby, is his business. So, he has withdrawn it from state buildings and is renting from himself. Yeah, so, so. so he himself and Mr. Nanton, and you and by quickly, you know, Anthony, it's important for our listeners to understand mm-hmm,
1: the mm-hmm, arrogance yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and. The, ...illegality of this man. And the you corruption. When the corruption at the highest level, my brother. You Remember when he was about filling the position in his building on Cork Street there for uh, the bigger boss... So to, ...as they speak around here, for a, a bigger boss, some manager, director for the Citizenship by Investment. You know the Prime Minister put an ad in the newspapers and ran it for three consecutive weeks... ...saying that anyone who wants to be the director of the Citizenship by Investment Program must have a master's degree and you must have at least five years of experience in working in this kind of business. And many qualified people, guys dressed in their jacket and tie and went to for interviews, women dressed in their temple heels, they, they dressed in their fanciest outfits to go for an interview with the prime minister. And at the end of the exercise... He just took his partner from Portsmouth, Mr. Nanton, who went to PSS, Portsmouth Secondary School. So his degree is from PSS. He just took Mr. Nanton with a degree from PSS. I don't know if it's a master's from PSS. Aaron Dale might be able to tell us. But he just, <laughs> brought, he just brought it because he, he was his, Aaron Dale was his teacher. Mm-hmm. So he just took up Mr. Nanton with his PSS degree and put him in charge of the CBI program in his building. And all these people who came in well-dressed, and misled by the fake advertising of the Prime Minister, we are just left to wonder, what are these people really saying to themselves? Because in Dominica, they are scared to speak, so they can't even ask the Prime Minister a question. But I'm wondering sometimes, what do these people say to themselves?
1: So so he advertised... The position yeah. and the qualifications is a master's yeah. degree and five years experience. Five years experience, but in the, per- a similar but the person who won the position had so much overwhelming experience yes. that it was overwhelmed the requirement of the master's degree and five years working in the financial field and inter- experience. That, you know, and, yes, and you so, know,
0: so he gave he gave that up for a Pots secondary, school, secondary
1: school, high school high school diploma. Yeah,
0: I mean, let's be so our listeners understand when we are talking about a masters and everything from PSS. PSS is Portsmouth secondary, secondary
1: school. school. Yeah, and
0: Mister Nanton, very bright man, handsome brother, nice guy, but he is a PSS graduate, and I'm saying if Mister and S- I mean he's the right-hand man of Mister Skerritt, one of them, but I'm saying that. If you want to hire your friend to be the boss of your passport building, of your business organization, in your, in yeah. your building, mm-hmm. just bring your partner and put him there. Why embarrass these people? Why trick them and have them do all these things to come and play with them? And at the end of the day, you tell Nanton Boss, go in my building there, you're running this thing. So this is, that's why there's very little regard for the Public service and those who manage the public service because the prime minister thinks that there is no need for anyone else to play any role in the development or ongoing development of Dominica. Only one guy can do it. And that is why you notice that even right now, Anthony, I mean, I can't believe in Dominica how people are tolerant to foolishness. Here it is that people, some of them elected members to the House of Parliament. And Mr. Scary decided, well, the opposition is so vibrant, so many people are saying they need change and they're moving with Mr. Lennox Linton, the Honorable, and his team. Mr. Scary decided, you know what? His own polls have showed him that the people care very little about him and his party. So what has he done? He has rejected up to 13 members of his cabinet, cabinet. and other people who were elected like for example mr joseph isaac in the city of rosa mr joseph isaac he won the seat as a member of the united workers party rosa is pretty much a uwp seat. mr norris prevo um he has had this seat he held it for several years and they continue to hold it as a party well it is fascinating that Joseph Isaac, who won the seat for United Workers Party last election, Mr. Skerritt has basically purchased him, so he crossed the floor to meet Mr. Skerritt. And I don't understand. I try to, I, I really try to rationalize and say, well, this guy is an educated guy. He has master's degrees. He has all he kinds has of. Rad- degree, right? <laughs> yeah, he has
1: a master's degree, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: He has postgraduate and, post- and more than,
1: than five degree. and more than five years experience. And he has
0: more than five years experience too. But hear that with all these credentials. Mr Skerritt has basically plucked him out of Rosoe Central. Now here this guy is currently the elected member to the House of Parliament by the people of Roseau Central. Mr Skerritt has the power over him to say to him, "Listen, I know that you want this seat and you are the official representative. However, move from Roseau Central. Go to Roseau North where Danny Luge has held this seat. For many years now, and he, he's becoming stronger and more powerful in that particular uh, constituency, yet Mr. Skerrick has the power over this elected member for Rosa Central that he can say to him, desert your people in Rosal Central. Those who elected you, forget about them. I am, I am bringing my wife to run in Rosa Central. She has no credentials on that level. She has no experience, nothing more than you. However, she's my wife. And she owns the building that we'll be running the passport thing from. So clear away from roseau Central, Joseph Isaac, go to Pottersville or wherever you want to. Get out of the way. And can you believe, Anthony, that Joseph Isaac, with all his university degrees and experience of working in the Caribbean, working in Dominica, doing so many things, that this brother accepted that he's going to desert. Those who elected him in Rosa Central, he's still the representative, supposedly. He accepts neglecting these people, and he's now in Roseau North campaigning against Danny Lugay, while Mr. Scarrit's wife is now in Rosa Central telling people she's interested in politics and she wants to represent them in Rosa Central. Can you explain this to me in a logical way?
1: The logic the logic is that as a dictator, you want to marginalize anybody that you see that has potential.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? So, so when, Joseph, when he brought Joseph Isaac on board, for whatever it is, maybe he saw some, he, you, know, this, you know, this is somebody that people say has accomplished this and done this and done that. Let me take him out from where he is strong, supposedly, let me put him somewhere where he has to be he has to work hard to win that seat. In the meantime he's distracted. There's no way he can compete with me he for it. He can't attention. win the seat.
0: It's impossible right. for him to win the but, seat. But
1: but he's going to try his best. So in the meantime yeah, he has to. In the meantime he's trying his best. He he, he, he cannot pay attention or be any threat to to, to, to El Supremo.
0: El, El Supremo not his wife.
1: Oh his wife, you know? So so so, so you so, just
0: have to leave leave the area for her. She's there exactly. now, so clear the place, she was in the role. So, now, isn't, that, isn't that a very unique situation? What <laughs> are the people of Rosa Central, so what are they supposed to do? Those who voted for Joseph Isaac. Mr. Skerritt really believes that because they voted for Joseph Isaac when he was in the United Workers' Party, that he can, and Labour holds the seat now, because this guy switched his allegiance to Labour. Well, officially it is a United Workers' Party seat, but anyway, this guy has switched his allegiance. is it that Mr. Skerry believes that he can just put his wife there and whatever they have to do, they'll pay their way. I was speaking to uh, uh, someone who is very close to the Labour Party recently, and we always joke about things. We still maintain a cordial relationship. And I say, my brother, it would appear that um, the people of Dominica are ready for a change. And the brother said to me, Bye, Angelo, don't worry about that, man. He said, man, when you election call, everybody will get a package, man. Everybody will get a package, and everybody just take their package. That's what the guy is saying to me. And I'm saying, are you... are you, that you really believe? He said, yeah, don't worry about anything, no matter about Ross leaving Dominica with one-third of our GDP. Don't worry about the fact that people in Dominica, including the public servants, are so fearful to speak... That the things that are hurting them, they cannot even complain and say, I need to be appointed. I've been here now for the past eight, nine, ten years. I need to be appointed. They can't say that they are so scared. But at the end of the day, it is the belief of those people who are close to the Labour Party that the prime minister, he has money. Everything circles around money, and he will be giving packages. So everybody just shut your mouth, take your package, and supposedly The PM believes you will just vote Labour or vote for him. So,
1: so I will, I will tell, I will tell my fellow Dominicans, take the package. It's your money. Exactly. Take the package. It's (laughs) your money. But vote wisely. (laughs) But vote wisely. You know, before we leave, because God, it's already nine o'clock. Time flies. And imagine that? Wow. Um, You know. Electoral reform. There's no way yes. we can talk about Dominica and not talk about the electoral reform. As a matter of That's fact, right. we need constitutional reform, but we will do constitutional reform when we have people in office who are interested in Dominica. That's but right, right now, because, we have because, to have electoral you know, reform.
0: yeah because I, I was just adding to what you were saying, Anthony, that because when the United Workers' Party was there between 1995 and 2000, they actually started a revision of Dominica's constitution, you know. Yes. Do you know that? As a matter of fact, um, Mr. Georges, very important guy, he was a judge. He was forever. a judge, yeah. self judges. Uh-huh. He, he played a significant role. And I can tell you, I was here, just returned to Dominica. Mr. Alec Lawrence was also part of the team, helping to review and revise all Dr.
1: Nick Liverpool, Liverpool. Dr. Nick Liverpool was, was part was of it as, well. it as well. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. when the United Workers' Party got out of office... This rogue government came into office in 2000. And my brother, this government, well, with greater intensity under the Roosevelt's character leadership. My brother, this man has done everything in Dominica to destroy the constitution of Dominica and what it stands for. He has done everything in his power to disregard the people of Dominica, to scare them away, frighten them away. He has done Everything in his power to intimidate the people of Dominica with the, by bringing soldiers, guns, bullets to intimidate the people of Dominica. In spite of that, he has been selling our citizenship, my brother, to some of the world's worst criminals. Yes, Monferred. Like, N.G. Lapsang, like and the list goes on, on, on and on yeah. and on. And I, I, have, I, have, I keep speaking about this guy, Tony, um, whatever his name is, that Mr. Skerritt has running this consulate for him in France. But he also, Eric Toner, that's his name, Eric Toner. Hmm. And Eric Toner, who's on his business card, it says that he's a financial advisor to Prime Minister Skerritt. I don't know whether he's a financial advisor to the state of Dominica or to Mr. Skerritt in his private capacity. But Eric Toner, Mr. Skerritt has the man running a consulate in Paris. But he also uses this same guy who is his financial advisor to run a consulate for him in Monaco. (laughs) And you wonder, why would we have a consulate in Monaco, Monte Carlo? What are we doing there? Well, this guy Eric Toner, who is Mr. Scarritt, according to his, this man's business card, for the record, he is Mr. Scarritt's financial advisor. He's Dominica's diplomat. He sells passports. He's based in Paris, running an embassy there as a business, and then he's in Monaco, running another consulate there as a business for Mr. Scarritt. The people of Dominica were never told officially by our prime minister that we are running a consulate in Monaco. What are we doing with one there anyway?
1: So Dominica is really a multinational corporation with offices all over the world so, and the business that we do sell. And, and
0: officers called. of the corporation, officers of the corporation all over the world. I, have, I speak regularly about this well, Monulev, whatever the name is, uh, i like to check my record to confirm it. This is a, 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 a Russian oligarch. This is a billionaire, multi-billionaire. He owns a building in the city of London with 22 bedrooms. This guy who was in the process of doing a renovation on this property while Francine Barron was our high commissioner. This man was in our office, the high commission office of Dominica in the UK working supposedly under Francine Baron. And I have asked this question in public already. I've asked Francine Barron this question. Who is this man? They have him there as, what, second vice president or whatever the second secretary or some strange name. But Dominicans have never heard of this Russian billionaire who was a part of our high commission in the U.K. In the U.K. Yes. So, and, and again, bro, we have to find out who are these people. And I have a lot of details on many of them. I'm sure that Mr. Skerritt and his people know that because I work with some of the brightest people on earth and everywhere this government go, wherever the government goes, um, my people track them. And that's why I have said so on numerous occasions. Uh, that's why I can speak with the degree of details that I speak with. We have an ambassador quickly before we end up here. I'll just speak up one more. We have a lot more we could speak about, but one more, an ambassador in India, India. And uh, when we followed up, who is this ambassador the guy? And he's selling passports as well. Our people went to India to this executive office address. Well guess what? Anthony, this man was he came with a shorts. In front of his door, whenever people knocked on this door, this is the office that you listed. You're selling passports and you're doing business. And you come to answer your off- executive office at your home in your shorts. In your
1: shorts. Yeah, Represent- your shorts. representing the people of Dominica.
0: Representing the people of Dominica, but selling passports. But you can also understand, I'll show the link between India and Mr. Skerritt's presence in India for three weeks when he came back with a doctorate.
1: Honorary Doctor. Honorary Doctorate.
0: I believe that's enough for
1: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, is always such a pleasure. Such a pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, you like I said, you, you slice it, you dice it, you get it into bite sizes where, where we can eat it and we can digest it and really understand and you know the, the depth of your of your knowledge and your familiarity. And and you know, our, our people are starting to wake up, you know. Um, All people are starting to wake up, and and I think the the regime is starting to find out that no matter how much money that they throw at the problem, most of it is not sticking. You know, it's not sticking. You know, the the economy is getting stimulated by this ghost Um, (laughs) economy, this ghost um, funds, this jumpy money, if you want to call it that, Um, but nothing sustainable. I mean, we can go to Monaco, we can go to Paris, we can go to India and set up outposts to sell our passports. And we cannot set up a simple water bottling facility to sell our water that millions of gallons are flowing into the sea every day.
0: And what's most disturbing about that is, these guys, not only in the areas where we, we are talking about selling passports, but Mr. Skerritt's people go to the most dangerous localities on earth to sell our
1: passports, so you will see
0: Alec Lawrence. You will see him listed there. Uh, office in Lebanon, office in UAE, and uh, you were seeing these Mr. Skerritt's guys. You know, like the book by Bob Woodward, all the president's men. Yep. You were seeing all the prime ministers' men in these dangerous parts of the world selling our citizenship, basically with zero accountability. In one day, I have the documents. I've said it before. Mr. Lawrence knows it's true. Alec Lawrence, in one day, he had 33 clients, my brother. 33 in, a, in a wherever this place is the 33 clients. He actually brought the attorney general Dubai. That's in Dubai. He brought up the attorney general. He brought up the police. He brought up a lady who works in the ministry Have a list of all these people. Alec Lawrence brought them all to Dubai. And imagine in one day converting these 33 clients to Dominicans at a minimum of 200,000 U.S. dollars per client. And you know, under these circumstances, most of these people—they are rogues and international criminals—and they're wealthy, so they have the millions. So they, they don't deal with no two hundred thousand as minimum. These people are dealing with millions of dollars. So just imagine what payday such a person, like Mr. As I said, Mr. Alec Lawrence, that day when he converted in Dubai, thirty-three people to Dominican citizens. And work, do the arithmetic. Yeah, two hundred thousand US minimum per client, one day's work. One You'd day like day. to have that yourself,
1: <laughs> wouldn't you? No, but, but before <laughs> before, I let, before I let you go, though, um, do you know do you know what is the, the national debt of Dominica?
0: Over a billion, 1.5 billion, one, Approximately one point five billion.
1: So, so in the meantime, in the meantime, we're generating billions of dollars in cash. <laughs> we are incurring a debt of over a billion dollars. And, and the country doesn't have a hospital. It takes them over two years to do a first phase that is like 12 beds, bless you. You know, the, the roads that they do fall apart in, in months. We, they, they took Windsor Park and made it a stadium and have not been able to replace a recreational facility for the young people of Rozo to, to do sports. And you can go all around the country and count all the things that are, that, that are missing in the, in the same era that we're generating billions, we have billions in debt. And every time we hear a project, we're hearing that oh, we're waiting for funding from Mexico to build a hospital in Marigot. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, Dominicans are starting to awaken. Yeah, D- Dominicans
0: have have a right to be
1: upset. To be very upset at this.
0: At this Roosevelt's carrot administration, because this gentleman has taken Dominica and the Dominicans for a ride which they had never experienced before. It is interesting that we are talking about the national debt being approximately $1.5 billion when the, the official Gazette reported that between August of 2017 and January of 2018, the amount of passports they sold total over a billion dollars yes in six months they was, they sold over a billion e c dollars worth of passports. However, the national debt is in excess of one point five billion, and that was in a few months we made a billion dollars, so you can tell where the priority for uh, Mr. Skerritt is. It's not about settling the national debt because he knows he will be out of government shortly, and when he is gone, the burden of the debt will not be on his shoulders. And um, it's a it's an opaque situation in Dominica at this time. But as you said, Anthony, the people are waking up. They are being enlightened, and um, they are taking action. And uh, we just need to I just need to reassure our people out in the diaspora. That nowadays this new um, passive uprising taking place, that they too must assist us here at home. We're in the home front and we are holding the fort the best way we know how. Fort but we're counting, we're counting on our citizens outside in the diaspora to, first of all, do not do not be persuaded by uh, Mr. Skerritt and his illegalities and corruption. They have relatives here. You might be in Jersey, in Boston, in Chicago, in, in California, in Oklahoma. But your grandmother, your auntie, your godchild, your niece and nephews are all here.
1: Your and heritage, the, your heritage is here. Your heritage, you know? your culture. And, and, and while you say that, let me just you know, stick in here and say that the Concerned Citizens Movement, you know, all the yes. power to, to us and, and, and the yes. other folks of the CCM, they're organizing an electoral reform protest rally on the 30th of June. Yes. And, and they're starting Where's to the send out. They're starting to send out the information and asking for support. T D N yes. Radio, as usual, is standing full square, you know, and full support um, behind them. Um, donations can be made. It always gets to them. It buys water for the protesters. Yes. It, pays, it pays for transportation to take them to Rozo It pays for the advertising. So you know, you know, let's let's stand up. Um, not everybody in dominica can stand because at the end of the day they have to feed their kids you know but uh, more and more and more even with those risks even with that people are still coming out so so you know big big up to folks like you who on the ground and, and taking the brunt of it big up to lofters during the ccm look out for yes. the information The 30th of june um it's coming up uh, a big big huge um, rally. A huge, a okay. huge rally. Yes. Huge rally. And Anthony,
0: I suspect, yeah. I suspect it will be supported by other civic organizations. Yes. You know, because nowadays this organization, which is uh, which is consisted of um, people from the legal, uh, the bar association, from the the Christian Council, and so on, very formidable organization, and they too are expressing the deep concern for about the situation in Dominica now as it pertains to uh, free and fair elections. And uh, it is so discouraging, Anthony, as we wind up here. Yes, uh, mean The the attorney general speaking, he sure doesn't sound like an attorney general for the state of Dominica. He has basically over, uh, well, to me, over an extended period of time. I have a lot of stuff on this guy, but anyway in recent times he has been speaking i mean really as a partisan party
1: as, hack. as, as the lawyer as says. a personal lawyer for mr skerit and his party
0: so it makes him but, sound be, but, worse he sounds as a party hack
1: but bear That's in mind what, what, what happened saying. to michael cohen mr trump's personality
0: yes exactly exactly well the bar he's acting like bar yeah. The Attorney General who is acting uh, with, with more decisiveness as the personal attorney
1: of, mm, mm, Donald, of Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. Then,
0: so, but then, um, you know, we will deal with that Attorney General. You know, He knows that I know some stuff about him. Uh, we don't have time to get into it tonight.
1: No, but, but you're, going least, to, yes. you're going to come back, yeah. my brother. And plus, as you said, you're, you're in the works for doing your own stuff. So as usual, a very big thank you um, for coming on this weekend in interview. It's always, always such a blast to have you. We covered so much ground. We went to Monaco, yes. Paris, you know, <laughs> New Delhi, <laughs> Dubai, yeah. you know, all, yeah. all over the world. Because believe it or not, Dominica is playing in that field internationally. And then when it comes to development, people say, oh, we are a small country with limited resources. But when it comes to nefarious things, we right out there with the big. We out there with the, all the big uh,
0: boys. Big stars, I mean, look know. at the man like Angie Lap yeah,
1: yeah, this man guy. is
0: the man in Macau. Yeah. This man runs prostitution rings. He runs. He, he runs them. Um, he has guy, gun runners out there. Yeah. he has pirates. He, he. This man has pirates running out there, ripping up <laughs> boats.
1: So we all That's we Eng- we right up there with the best of it. So let, you know, hopefully, hopefully in the future we can harness that for the good of Dominica. My brother, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you know, we're gonna have you back um, next week. I, I have, um, I'm doing one write, one writer every month because the, <laughs> the the response to the writers is so overwhelming. There's a lot of grassroots writers that that need to come on. So I'm doing one every month. Um, so next week I have a young brother, Delroy. Um, Nesta Williams coming on all right. um, so we're going to do that um, uh, but and also um, there's a Dominican group um, Sabina Mingo they, they got okay. invited all the way to Martinique to participate in a cultural event um, Project that's Event. going on there. Where are they
0: based? The
1: They're based in New Jersey in the US. Okay. And they got invited to come to Martinique to, to represent Dominica. Imagine that.
0: Wonderful.
1: So Wonderful they, I'm going to have them on next week as well. So there's good things happening even in the midst of all what's going on. And my brother, I want to yeah. say thank you so much for, for, for taking the time and, and spending it with us tonight. All the best to you, man.
0: I want to thank you very much, my brother. It seems like we just started ten minutes ago,
1: you know. <laughs> time flies. And,
0: uh, time, time flies. moves quickly when, <laughs> yeah, you're, having when fun.
1: you're having fun. You so anyway, my
0: bro, I give thanks to you as well, you know, for remembering me. I appreciate and, uh,
1: you. You're never far from us. Uh, have a nice us. evening. All right, thank you so much. All right. So listeners, there you have it, you know. Um, me, you know, Angelo Allen, every time every time you know Angelo comes on board He he certainly, you know, give us a lot of food for thought. A lot, a lot of food for thought. And so, I, I want to, I want to tell you that you, you need to stand up as well. You know, don't just leave it for the brothers who are in Dominica. You know, let's 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 get the rebel. Let's awaken the rebel in us, and let us let us do what we need to do for Dominica. Dominica really needs us, and um, and and just let's just do what we need to do. And good night. Uh, thank you to, to Angelo. Um, we definitely look forward to having you back. Loved us and the and the guys in um, concerned Citizens Movement. We um, wish you all the best. We look forward to that rally on the. Um, on the 30th of June So this has been this week in interview I'm going to go off with Jimmy Cliff You know, the rebel in you The rebel in you, the rebel in me Let's get it together And, and make changes in Dominica um, Thank you for listening Thank you for my engineer And producer Sam Always keeping the mics live And um, as I said Next week we're going to have Delroy Peters, Daryl Williams I'm sorry And Sabina Mingo um, as the guest, we're going to go back cultural because we want to keep it positive as well. Um, and RVR um, Jams, listeners, if you listen to us on RVR Jams, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. We were also live on Facebook. Uh, quite a few of you listened there, so thank you for that. And I want to say good night, and I'll see you next week, Wednesday. This has been this week's in interview on and Radio.